0: do record. And so uh you can pick that up if you, if you ever go to our if you ever go to our website, our church website. <coughs> it's under podcasts. Sometimes if you you would think you'd look under the word listen, there's a little tab that says listen, but I don't think it's on there. I think you have to go to podcast even though this is not a podcast, but that's how it's set up. So <coughs> anyway, Job 28, let's all turn there if you've got your B-I-B-L-E's. I gave you a quote at the top of it from Hudson Taylor. I thought this was pretty wise. Hudson Taylor is quoted as saying, At the timberline where the storms strike with the most fury, the sturdiest trees are found. And uh, certainly Job, uh, people are like trees, and certainly Job, the wind of life has blown upon him, and he has lost his home, he's lost his children, he's lost his lands, he's lost his possessions, his cattle, his children. And even his wife has encouraged him to curse God and die, and yet uh, and he 's stricken with uh, boils from the crown of his foot to the sole of his crown of his head to the sole of his foot. And so he's sitting on this ash heap and he has been uh, scraping his wounds with broken pottery. That That is the condition of Job and he's been that way uh, potentially for months, It said. Uh, the word months appears twice in the book of Job. And so we, we kind of speculate it doesn't really show a good timeline that we can be uh, accurate about. But his uh, faith is God, in God is unwavering. And uh, he is now uh, responding to his friends. Uh, His friends have all had uh, three volleys apiece except for uh, Zophar. He only had two. But uh, Job is now going to talk about wisdom. And if somebody read verses 1 and 2, he starts comparing wisdom to this uh, place of gold and silver. Uh, Emmett, I'll start, I'll always start with you. Surely there is a of silver and a place for gold where they find it. Iron is taken out of the earth and brass is broken out of the stone. All right, so these four different kinds of metals, the precious metal of silver and gold, and he even mentions iron and brass. And uh if you hold your place here, I want everybody to see this. Look at Genesis twenty two. I'm sorry, Genesis four, verse twenty two. Uh I I looked this up uh in in my bookcase at home. Excuse me. That the uh Excuse me, the uh, Living Bible and the uh, NIV Bible both have this as copper. And so uh Hey. You remember me now? <laughs> okay. This is Julie, right? Awesome. You have an awesome <laughs> memory. <laughs> Pat, can you get them a handout there? I hope I have enough handouts, but... Uh... Hey, Nicole, how are you? I'm good. <clears throat> well, good to see you girls. Thank you. You thought you were literally... You know, that's my fault. It's probably the dog's fault. Actually, it was... <laughs> Let's blame the dog. It was her fault. Yeah, Yeah. So, uh... If you do have a Bible we're in Job 28 in fact uh, Pat you might uh if do girls have a Bible maybe Julie needs a Bible I have one. Oh she has one okay So uh but anyway, some other Bibles translate the word brass uh, as copper, because they don't think that you know man has—I uh, don't want to use the word evolved—but is sophisticated or technologically advanced enough to make brass yet at this time. But if you'll look at Genesis 4:22, uh, Pam, do you want to read that one? The, do you have 4:22? Brass is an alloy of copper and zinc. Yeah, it's a composition of of those two metals. You can't just dig it out right, right. Uh, yeah, what does 422 of Genesis say? 422. And earth, she she their principal came and instructor of every art of yeah yeah artificer brass yeah so i uh, just pointing out that you know around the time of uh job or even before him there were uh uh, Artificer—that just kind of means that they are artists that work with metals, uh, and, and they actually—they're teaching others how to make brass and iron. And in fact, I mean, I think you can dig iron ore out of the ground, but you can't. I think even iron is a little bit of a, a process or combination of metals. So anyway, I just wanted to kind of show you a lot of times scholarship has it wrong. And uh so brass is a good translation in Genesis or in Revel I'm sorry, in Job twenty eight, when it talks about this brass. And uh where we're going to uh ladies who just joined us, uh the Bible's getting ready to talk about wisdom and how uh just like you can find, uh, you know, a vein or uh, gold and silver in the earth. Uh, and, you know, people go to extremes to find hidden precious things, don't they? I mean, whether it be diamonds or, you know, you would go to the ends of the earth. I mean, that that was the whole... Uh, hey, Rosie. The gang is all here. Uh, You know, that's the whole, you know, we even have the saying, go west, young man, right? Uh, The San Francisco 49ers are named after the gold rush of probably 1849, right? That, that's where the Forty ers come from. It was a gold rush, and people, you know, were seeking after gold, so they headed west in search of it. And, uh, and of course, it uh, dried up, but it helped establish our country and uh, take things westward. So, anyway, that, that's kind of where it's going here in Job when he talks. He's he's kind of setting the stage for that. And then verses. Uh, 3 through 5. Uh, Belinda, would you read Job 28, 3 through 5? He setteth an end to darkness and searcheth out all perfection. Found the stones of darkness and the shadow of death. The flood breaketh out from the inhabitants. Even the waters, forgotten of the foot they are dried up. They are gone away from men. As for the earth, out of it cometh bread, and under it, is turned up, as it were, fire. Yeah. Now, who do you think the he is in verse 3? Because I'm a little bit at a loss. Uh, The he... Yeah, the, the thing I was reading said that that's probably a reference to God. But in verse at the end of verse 1 it says this place for uh, for gold where they find it uh, so it, it could be uh, man but it, anyway, I think doctrinally it probably is the Lord because he sets an end to darkness and he does search out all perfection and uh, it talks about the stones of darkness and I gave you a reference on your handout there uh under letter E, that there's some stones in the Bible that seem to be connected with hell. It talks about stones of fire. Uh, we're going to read in Job 41. It talks about sharp stones and uh, the stones of emptiness. And then uh, it was in verse five where it says uh, that, about these stones of fire and. It, it's, it's talking about the earth and it says under it, under the earth. And so th- this is part of the reason we believe that hell is actually in the center of the earth. Uh, you know, we know that molten lava comes out of volcanoes and uh, the, those are coming out of there. So really all scientists know about uh, the center of the earth is it's hot and it's dark. And that's how they describe hell, isn't it? So there's a possibility uh, that's uh, in fact. Uh, do you see under letter D? I underlined a couple of those verses. I gave several verses, but this Matthew twelve forty and the Ephesians. If, if we could look at both of those, I think we can. Uh, so hold your place here in Job, if you would, and go to Matthew twelve. <clears throat> and I'm teaching a class on Saturdays over the book of Matthew and uh it it's believed that Matthew is probably the most read book of the bible it's the first book of our New Testament, and it may be the most read because of that, but it 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 shows Christ as the king of the Jews and in job or I'm sorry in matthew twelve forty uh let's read that together i I'll, I'll read it It says for as Jonas that's Jonah. Was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And, uh, wow, he was in the, Christ was in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. And we, we just celebrated Easter here. Was that just last week, or that? And our, our sister Nicole got baptized last Sunday, and she's going to be presented as a new member this this morning. <laughs> so you just have to walk up to the front. You do you do have to walk to the front. <laughs> you don't have to say anything. <clears throat> Once again, no makeup, scare everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and so. Uh, even even, uh, even mythology teaches that uh, hell is kind of divided it ha- has uh, two parts and uh, and and so there's the paradise side, it's called Abraham's bosom, and then there's the torment side. And so, you know, Jesus gave the story of the rich man and Lazarus that died, and it says that uh, the rich man was carried to hell, and in torment he lift up his eyes, so he he's conscience in hell, and he's looking at Lazarus, who is now in Abraham's bosom, and he is comforted. Uh, he, uh, <clears throat> so, Really uh, that's uh, Luke 16 where that story is or is it 15 might, it might be fifteen. Is it sixteen? okay, the rich man and Lazarus uh, but here we just read that even though Christ was crucified uh, on uh, he was crucified on Mount Calvary. And uh, we went there. Hey, Sarah. Hi. Who's that with you? Scarlett. Hi, Scarlet. You're among friends. Come on in, little girl. Rosie, you might have to scoot over. And Rosie does bite, so you may want her mom beside <laughs> her. Keep it up, I'll bite you. I know you would. <laughs> so we are uh, in job 28 and uh this would be a good morning to have candy bars to hand out wouldn't it um yeah i know i don't okay so uh so even though christ was crucified on mount calvary uh it's called uh, the place of the skull and we we got to see it uh we were in israel in 2019 and um, it's really weird. If you were there, we, uh, a Christian organization runs kind of the, uh, this, uh, it's where the empty tomb is at. And uh, so it, it's way smaller. I'm trying to think Just it's probably the size of our parking lot. Where the empty tomb's at, it's maybe, it could be twice that big because there is a little trail and we actually took the Lord's Supper, there's a little shelter house set up and we took the Lord's Supper there with Mark Trotter and it was really special because we could, you could almost see the empty tomb and there, there was quite a line for it. And they didn't really want you taking pictures inside the tomb, but some people did anyway. Uh, and But it, it was a team of volunteers that ran this. And the lady that was guiding us, she said that she took two weeks vacation every year to come and just be a volunteer there. So it's just ran by volunteers who take two weeks vacation to live there and guide people through the... But, But literally, probably a hundred yards, the size of a football field from the empty tomb is where they believe Mount Calvary was. And the uh, Arabs, the Muslims, have a bus parking lot uh, all the way up to the foot of it so there 's Mount calvary, and there 's a a bus parking lot, so diesel smoke and this it 's kind of a uh, so you can 't really go up on Mount calvary there, but anyway i 'm just trying to draw you a picture of what it looked like and uh, literally. Uh, You know, in the right light, it looks like a skull. So they called it the place of the skull. It literally kind of looks like uh, a human skeleton head. But it says right there in Matthew 12.40 that just like Jonah was in the whale's belly for three days and three nights, so the Son of Man is going to be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. So uh, he suffered on the cross, but uh, we believe he went to paradise. And the other side is the place of torment right and that that's the the and, and probably the thing that divides it uh, that could be considered the bottomless pit <clears throat> because remember uh, uh god t- God told the rich man that uh, between Abraham's bosom and the place of Lazarus, or the rich man was at, there's a great gulf fix so that nobody can pass from one side to the other. So it's really a wild thing. But, but now now look at this next part, and I think it will make sense. So turn to the Ephesians, Ephesians 4, because this gives us an idea of what happened. Uh, right after those uh, three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, Galatians, Ephesians, chapter 4. She's had enough of Rosie already. She's, she's out of here. We, we, we get it, Scarlet, we get it. <laughs> okay, Ephesians 4. And we're going to start. We're going to read verse eight and nine, Ephesians four eight and nine, or eight nine and ten. Eight nine and ten. Okay. And here it says, uh, "Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive, and gave gifts unto men." And then look at verse nine. Now that he ascended, what is it? but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And so that, that's that's a pretty wild statement there. Uh, it's a reference to Christ. He descended into the lower parts of the earth, and it said that he took captivity captive, and he took them up above the heavens. It said he ascended uh, up above the heavens, and you know, we, we said it could be this uh, firmament or this body of water, and now he is seated together with God in heavenly places, and uh, and, and the Bible says that those of us that are saved, we are seated together with Him, aren't we? We are seated with Him in heavenly places. So it may not seem like it now. I mean, we're sitting here in this classroom, the library at Heartland Baptist Fellowship, and yet, uh, as believers, uh, our soul is sealed into the day of redemption, and positionally, we are, are there with Him because we are in Christ, and He is in us. And so... Uh, Anyway, I hope I hope this drawing makes a little bit of sense. I know that's kind of a deep thing to hit you with right here, uh, right off. On the... <laughs> well, I could, not very good, but I could. Right. So, Belinda brought that up that uh, it, it's believed that. Uh, you know, paradise was filled with Old Testament saints. The, uh, you know, when Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob died, it says that they were gathered to their people. And they, they were gathered in, and the reason we think they didn't go to heaven yet because Christ hadn't offered his, Christ hasn't, uh, they had the day of atonement where once a year their sins were covered, but, uh, they had never yet been redeemed or able to be justified before the Lord. So, uh, but Belinda's right. So, uh, paradise side, in fact, uh, when Paul, the word paradise is in our Bible twice, Paul said that he was lifted up to the third heaven, and the third heaven being, uh, the first heaven's the atmosphere where the birds fly. And the second heaven is where the moon and the stars are. And then the third heaven is the abode of God. And so uh, Paul said that he was lifted up to the third heaven... And in paradise, he heard things that were unspeakable that he he couldn't tell people. So it's believed uh, that he either did die and uh, Paul was resurrected or he had, you know, kind of an out of body experience. And when he came back, he, he wasn't, God didn't allow him to tell people about that experience. But, uh, so paradise is now there because Christ led captivity captive. And so, your second blank on your handout, I just put the word Earth. And so, we're we're still in this first section of Job 28. And uh, I brought all this up because it talks about the stones of fire here at the end of verse five or verse six. It was five. Okay. So verses 7 and 8, uh Lori, would you would you like to read those for us? 7. And eight? Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Jen, can you get me a water? Yeah, Job 28 verses 7 and 8. There is a path which no fowl knoweth and which the vulture's eyes have not seen. The lion's well have not trodden it. Nor the fierce lion pass by it. Yeah. So again, he's leading up to this thing about wisdom that there's a place where it's at. And, uh, you know, no, no bird, no fowl knows where it's at. The vulture's eye has not seen it. Uh, the lions have not trodden on it. And so, uh, anyway, he's leading up to something here. And uh, Pat, would you do ten and eleven? Sure. Sure, sure. He cuteth out rivers among the rocks, and his eye seeth every precious thing. He bindeth the floods from overflowing, and the thing that is hid bringeth he forth to life. Yeah. Uh, And I didn't have you read verse 9. At the end of verse 9, it says, "He "...He overturneth the mountains by the roots." and uh one thing I was listening to just, uh, we talked about a little bit that you know people in search of treasure i mean you, you talk about pirates and they're looking for maps for some treasures hidden, and you know they spend months and resources and all their time to to look for something that may or may not be there and you know uh, you know it, it's almost like uh you know, people to play the lottery. You know, they're wanting to hit it big and get rich quick, and all these things. Uh, you know, they'll they'll actually overturn mountains, right? They'll they'll dig through mountains and get. They're trying to find this hidden treasure. Uh, but at the end of this, it says that uh, that uh, he bringeth. The thing that is hid bringeth he forth to light. So God, God has the ability to uh, bring these these things to light. And that was my teaching point there, is that God can bring forth his hidden way of wisdom and bring it to light in the person of Jesus Christ. So I just had you put the word hidden in your blank. And so that that is, uh, you know, one of the things we talked about in our in our uh, Saturday class is just that uh, the Bible says it's the glory of God to conceal a thing and it's the honor of kings to search it out. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) So anyway... this search for wisdom is what's being discussed here and the place of it so he's getting ready to, to tell uh, where it's found and uh, who it can be derived from so let's read uh, to verse 12 uh, Nicole do you want to read that one? But where shall wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? Alright, so now, now after he said all this thing about gold and silver and iron and brass, the birds, the animals can't find it. He's like, so where can it be found? There's a place for it uh, of understanding. And uh, Proverbs eight, Proverbs 8 is probably my favorite chapter in the Bible. It's really all about wisdom. Uh, so read that uh, when you want to, but look, look at verse 13 now. And uh, Julie, would you like to read 13 for us? I don't have the King James. That's all right. Sure Let's see what yours says. Um. Man does not know its worth, and it is not found in the land of the living. Good. Yeah, that's very similar. Uh, the land of. So when it says it's not found in the land of the living, what does that mean? Do you think, Your Honor? Your Honor. Okay. About the earth. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, pe- I mean, the smartest person. You know. I bet almost every one of us here has a smartphone. <laughs> and do you know that you can find more in there than the Library of Congress? The biggest library in the world, you have more information on your phone. And what do we do? We play games on it. <laughs> as long as the internet's working. Yeah, as long as the internet's working. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just saying, that's not how you get wisdom, is it? You you can have all the resource. The smartest people, because uh, it's not found among other people. It, it, it's found of the Lord, isn't it? Uh, well, let, let's read on just a little bit. Uh, I gave you a reference there that its price is far above rubies. Uh, all three of those verses talk about that. And... Uh, Anyway, I kind of marvel when I read some of those. It says that all the things you can desire are not to be compared to it. It's like, wow. Uh I think that Proverbs 8.11 is what uh, I wrote in our concrete out front. When we poured the concrete, I think I put Proverbs 8.11 because it was on the eighth day of a month. I read Proverbs 8 that day. and So Proverbs 8.11, I think what I put in our concrete out front. Uh, Verse 14, uh, Angie. The depth saith, it is not in me, and the sea saith, it is not with me. Do you know, I think they know more about Mars now than they do the the ocean floor, something like that. Uh, there's some amazing statistics about that. I mean, there's, there's springs, there's mountains, the, the depth is almost uh, unreal, and creatures that, you know, every week or two I'll say, oh, they discovered a new fish, or they found this or that or the other in the bottom of the ocean. So it's really some unbelievable things. And so Job, I mean, he's, he's several hundred miles inland, and yet he's speaking these great things about wisdom. Uh, verse 15, sir, do you want to do that one? It cannot be gotten for gold. Neither shall silver be weighed for the price thereof. Yeah. Actually, uh, would you read 15 all the way through 20? It cannot be gotten for gold. Neither shall silver be weighed for the price thereof. It cannot be valued with the gold of Ophir. With the precious onyx or the sapphire, the gold and the crystal cannot equal it, and the exchange of it shall not be for the jewels of gold. No mention shall be made of coral or of pearls, for the price of wisdom is above rubies. The topaz of Ethiopia shall not equal it, neither shall it be valued with pure gold. Whence come... Whence then cometh wisdom? And where is the place of understanding? Alright, so he he goes through... Uh, in verse 20, he asks almost the same question as he does in verse 12. Just, you know... Where, uh, I mean, verse 12, he asks where is it going to be found? And now he's saying where is it going to come from? And that this place of understanding... And uh, then verse 21, seeing it is hid from the eyes of all living and kept closed from the fowls of the air. So it is hidden. And so you're not going to find it on your smartphone. We're not going to, we can't go high enough in the sky or deep enough in the ocean or far enough into the earth. That's not the way it's found. Uh, and he's going to get to it. Uh my teaching point on your second page, the back of your paper, is just: we have to die to self if we want wisdom, because it's not found in the living in the land of the living. So, you know, Paul said that I die daily, and uh, we would esteem Paul as a wise uh, as a wise man, wouldn't we? <coughs> And so I gave you, I think all those references there are the phrase, the land of the living is found in all those. I think there was like 12 or 14 places in the Bible that was found. And, uh, I don't know if we want to comment on these verses that uh, Sarah read, but there's several of these precious jewels. In verse 17, it mentions crystal. And uh, that word coral in verse 18, I, mean, I don't know if one of them might be a, a quartz crystal. You know, we have quartz watches, and uh, they're they're very accurate because the... When you electrify them, the, the vibration is very constant, so it keeps you know accurate time. or quartz watches. This gold of Ophar come up again, and uh, people don't really know where that was at, but you know that that's been uh, a place that's sought after. Uh, Solomon talks about it, and I think this is the only mention of the word pearl in our Old Testament. Uh, I think it's like six or seven times in the New Testament, but pearl here. They say that it takes almost seven years for uh, the right size pearl to harvest, you know, from a a shellfish like an oyster. And uh, but pearls are formed by. you know kind of irritation, like sand inside of an oyster it 's kind of formed by irritations and uh you know the the church is sometimes in like a, a pearl, like the pearl of great price and uh the the moon is referenced to the church in the Bible, and the moon's like a big pearl isn't it and uh, sometimes they call that uh, you know, uh, uh, and so just like the church, you know, if you, if you cut a pearl, it, it, it loses its value. You know, you cut diamonds to make them just right, but pearls are supposed to be preserved like they are. And they say that only like one in a thousand are black. So black pearls are even, uh, more rare. So anyway, Job just knows a lot about the earth. He, he, he obviously has wisdom. And, uh, <clears throat> Let, let me give you a little punchline here. Uh, uh, Rosie, do you have your Bible? Do you want me to read for you? Uh, I'll have you read verse 28. Everybody else go to Job 1. And, and I'm going to have Rosie read uh, Job 28.28. 28. Let's all all of us go to Job 1. My phone went to the thing here. I'm off of it. Sorry. Let me read it. Yeah. Yeah, Job chapter one. But I'll I'll, I'll read. Uh, you got 28, 28. Yeah. Go for and it. And to the man, he said, "Behold, the fear of the Lord." That is wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. Thank you. So that, so that's kind of how he concludes this chapter. He's like, you know, where's it at? Nobody can find in the land. Where does it come from? And he's saying that if we fear the Lord, that is wise, and to depart from evil. His understanding. Now look at Job 1, one, Belinda, I'll let you read that one. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, and one that feared God and was evil. equal. So God is essentially, that, Job found this wisdom, hadn't he? He he did fear God. He did. He does shun, or he is choose. We said that that word is "chew." It's got the word "chew" in it. It means he finds evil distasteful. And th- this is how we gain understanding: is uh, to really, truly fear the Lord, uh, in the sense that uh, we uh, reverence and adore and cherish Him. <coughs> And uh, that we do depart from evil. Yeah, we flee. F- yeah, flee from it. So I got a chart at the bottom, and let, let's finish this uh, twenty through twenty-eight. We we got about twenty minutes still. Um, let's see, Brian. I I passed by you. Would you read verse uh, twenty for us? Uh, back in Job twenty-eight. Verse eight. Yeah, actually maybe 20, 21 through 24. Okay. Uh, seeing, it is, seeing it is hit from the eyes of all we have kept close from the bow of the air. Destruction is that said. We have, we have heard the fame thereof with our ears. God understandeth the way thereof. And he knoweth the place thereof. Uh, so when he looketh to the edge of the earth, seeeth unto the whole heaven. Alright. <laughs> And I put a verse on your hand out there. It says that the Lord giveth wisdom. And uh, we're, we're going to expound upon that in a minute. Um, just a second here. You, you know, there, there's a verse where, where Solomon said he retains wisdom. uh uh, I think it's in I think it's in uh, Song of Salt or It's in Ecclesiastes, but um, but the Bible says that because Solomon uh, sought after many wives, remember he he had seven hundred wives and three hundred concubines, which you know represents uh, mistresses. It says that they turned his heart from the Lord. And so even though Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived... Uh... He lost his understanding he 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 turned his heart away from the Lord, and that 's why he kind of came back to the Lord in his uh, older age at the end of Ecclesiastes. He said, "Let us hear the conclusion of the whole whole matter: fear God and keep his commandments there, there's a there's a fear that we should have inside of us of the Lord, but there's also uh, an obedience in Keeping his commandments, isn't there? Mm-hmm. You know that, that's what he—that's uh, what the New Testament says. Uh, if you love me, keep my commandments. So there's a love is the internal thing that we love the Lord, but the external thing is now we're going to act like it because we're going to obey Him. You know that's—that's that's what you want from your kids, isn't it? You know, I say just like our parents. Yeah, we love our parents and we want to obey them. Yeah, With we it. do. That's very true and. Uh, you know, if, if I wanted to... Uh, I'll use Julie. You're our guest today. If, if I wanted to get to know Julie, you know, I could talk to her parents, her children, her friends, and get to know her, but really the person that knows Julie best is her. I could ask you things about you, right? And so, if, if the Lord gives wisdom... That we have to go to Him to get it, doesn't He? Uh, the Bible says that no man knows the spirit of man uh, except except the man or, or the spirit, and nobody knows the Lord except the spirit of the Lord, and, and He reveals Himself to those that you know seek after Him. And so this this thing about uh, about dying to self. Uh, I think it's Proverbs 18, 1 that says, A man having separated himself, he seeketh and intermeddleth with all wisdom. And so that, that is how we... In in the Bible, death is representative of separation. You know, the wages of sin is death. That, that's what separates us from God is sin, right? In fact, uh, Isaiah 55, I believe it is, or 58, that says that, that uh, Israel's iniquity have separated him from God. And so uh, so as a man separates himself by dying to self, that's when we can intermingle uh, with all wisdom. So anyway, I know these are kind of abstract things, but uh, any other thoughts about that as we're talking? I'll get a drink of water and you guys talk what you're thinking. Belinda, you were going to say something. I always think hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah, on... Yeah, if we didn't know, we we look back with some wisdom, don't we? But the, the Bible says, "The prudent man foreseeth the evil and passeth by." So, as we're prudent, as we're wise, we can foresee evils. Like, okay, I'm not going there. I'm not doing that because I know what that ends up leading to. Right. But sometimes we still do it. And sometimes, yeah. <laughs> sometimes we do still go oh, that year. That's the insanity that Pat talked about Friday night. It's uh, doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results, he said. <laughs> and and get your fingers burnt and learn. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. The scripture says it's just falls down seven times and rises up again. That's right, it does. Yeah, so even if you do fail, you can uh, rise up again. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I was going to comment. What you read there, Brian, the 21 through 24. Um, in verse 23: God understandeth the way thereof, and He knoweth the place thereof, because and uh, He looketh to the ends of the earth and seeth under the whole heaven, so. God, God is uh, all knowing and all powerful. And, uh, alright, verse uh, 25. Uh, Emmett? To make the weight of the winds and the quiet of the water of Yeah, th- this is uh, actually a very accurate. We don't think about the wind having weight. And uh, uh, weighing waters by measure, and, and so the thing I was reading say that the modern man didn't know about. In fact, I, you know, we think of clouds as being light and fluffy. I think the uh, the thing I read said the average cloud holds about fifteen hundred tons of water. Well, something like that. It was, it was like weighing in tons. It's like, I guess that you know that's why it rains. It gets so heavy, they have to drop down. Uh, yeah, so he he understood some ec- uh, our ecosystem, ecological things about you know evaporation. Uh, uh, you know, hot air rises, and it takes moisture with it, and the clouds capture it, and you know, comes down as rain. And I, you know, it's really a, it's really a, one, a marvelous thing. Um, I know, even when we uh, we flew to uh, Europe to go to, you know, Israel, I think, and uh, Lori, I know people who travel more than me would know, but. You know, jets try to follow the jet stream and they don't fly straight over the Atlantic, they kind of go up. And because uh, it uses less fuel, even though it's a longer distance, and seemed like it took like two hours less going one way than the other, because the wind's with you, and they're going 600 miles an hour, uh, most jets do, and so uh, the wind, you know, instead of going against, huh? You had a couple hundred miles an hour for the jet stream, and then you're going 800 miles an hour. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, at least you don't have that drag and. So anyway, all these things I'm Rosie. <laughs> you and her grandma would have got along good her her grandma rest her soul. She was a a good Bible believer and she uh, witnessed a biker gang so it's, this this already would be fit you good, Rosie trying to help people. but she got like a ticket when she was eighty some. She got her first speeding ticket when she was 80 some. But she should have had lots more. Oh, I tried to follow her once. She was a maniac. (laughs) And she was on a bowling league till she was 90. She was on a bowling league. Go, girl and uh but she got to court, and the judge said, "This is your first speeding ticket, ma'am, and how long have you been driving? It was sixty some years and he goes, well, you're not going to get one today either and he tore it up so that was Do that was me her name was Annie Annie Parr, and uh she sang, Jesus loves me with my grant or with my daughter in in her nursing bed uh That was one of the sweetest Things we remember about Annie, uh, our girl was you know five or six at the time, and they're singing "Jesus Loves Me" there in the hospital, and her, before she died. But some of the, those are some of the people that invested uh, in me that uh, I hold dear. <coughs> but um, in verse. Uh, Twenty-six and seven. Uh, Pam, would you read those for us? He made a decree for the rain and a measure for the lightning of the thunder. Then did he set it and declare it and prepare it, yea, and thrust it out. So. Kind of this continued thought, just like there's a, a place or a way or a path for wisdom, there's also this uh, way. He makes this decree for the rain, the way for the lightning. And the, the thing I was, I couldn't already understand the thing I was reading, but I guess like, you know, there's negatively charged particles on the ground or positive and a lightning. It follows like the way of thunder and, you know, we had a little bit of thunderstorms the last day or two and I remember early yesterday morning it, it thundered and it rained and so Job is kind of observing all this and, uh, you know, I don't know if he's got a pen and paper. He's like, wow, I, I seen that light. It looked like it followed a way or a path. And so he's describing some things that, uh, are really beyond his time, and yet uh, he has some understanding of it. And then he says, uh, then did he see it and declare it and prepared it, yea, and searched it out. And so we would do well to search these things out. Uh, you know, Solomon, Solomon even said, you know, consider the ant and be wise. You know, we can look at things in nature. There's uh, four or five animals that are considered wise. It even mentions locusts. It says spiders are in king's palaces and, you know, uh, she worketh with her hands. And So like a... Anyway, there's just some marvelous things about nature that we could learn. You know, it says that locusts don't have a leader. But they go by bands, and so it tells us we should be part of people that are going the same direction. We should have some communion with one another and fellowship. And locusts are wise for doing that. By tra- and you, you could easily stomp out a locust here if you were just one or two. But you get a bunch of them, they're going to ruin your crops and ruin. You know, it would uh, be devastating to, you know, be swarmed by locusts and uh now in verse 28 I, I gave you a definition here and this is my definition uh, I put wisdom is the right application of truth and uh, the bible says that uh, Jesus, Jesus actually said he is the way the truth and the life so Christ is truth Uh, uh, Jesus said, Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. Mm -hmm. So, and and there's even a verse that mentions the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. So there's really three sources of truth the the word of God, uh, the the written word, the living word, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. And, uh, I think I gave you a, a, a quote. Maybe I wrote somewhere else. Uh, uh, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, the great preacher, said that uh, wisdom. He, he said it's uh, to rightly apply knowledge. You know, we all have knowledge, and so if, if I told all of you that I've got a million dollars in the back of my car out here, hang on, <laughs> okay? We all have that knowledge. I got a million dollars in the trunk of our car. And if we all went out there and I opened the hood or opened the trunk, now we would all have the same understanding. We, oh, Steve does have a million dollars in the trunk of his car, but it, if, unless I gave it to you or you you could use it, you know, it wouldn't benefit you, right? I mean, that that's where the wisdom comes in is applying it. Oh, I could buy a house. I could, you know, retire. I could whatever with the million dollars. And so that that's where the wisdom comes in, and, and uh, this is a little bit funny to say, but I went to DeVry, I have an associate degree in electronic technician, and, you know, we, we put together little circuits on what we call a breadboard, you could, you know, plug and unplug things, and, you know, we could make a switch, turn on a light, and so we kind of all gained a knowledge and understanding, but really when I went to work and they needed an alarm on this, you know, if the temperature went too cold or hot on this chamber, they wanted an alarm to sound. Mm -hmm. And until I set that up inside this chart recorder and uh, I even had a silence switch on it and I had to install a a little buzzer alarm and and uh, you know, we had a manual that kind of showed the inputs and outputs of this recorder. But once I did that and it worked, it was like i have I have some wisdom yeah. i ha I kind of know how this works you know there wasn 't any smoke that went out, no blue ball of flame, no circuit tripped you know <laughs> so it was that 's kind of how I like and I got some knowledge and understanding at DeVry, but when I got in the real world I, I gained some wisdom, and uh, I put there that essentially God is calling job wise. Mm-hmm. Because job did he did fear God, and he did eschew evil that was your your next blank, and then I put the fear of the Lord can be learned uh let's see Belinda, would you look up that Deuteronomy verse? There's there's a place or two in the Bible where it says that uh, they taught people wisdom, and and so ho- hopefully as you're sitting here and we're hearing the Word of God, it's truth. Hopefully we're gaining some wisdom right now. I don't know if you can feel it. You may not be able to measure it, but at some point, you know, once you begin applying what we're learning, you can have we can have wisdom, right? Because we're studying truth and we want to apply it to our lives. Uh, do you know that uh, the Jews' their definition of wisdom? I didn't put it on here, but it says that their definition of wisdom is being skilled at living. Oh, that's pretty. That's a pretty good statement. If you become skilled at living, that that's wise. Is that, uh, Belinda, do you have that Deuteronomy? Deuteronomy 4.10 yeah. Especially the day that thou stoodest before the Lord thy God in Horeb when the Lord said unto me gather me, the people together and I will make them hear my words that they may learn to fear me all the days that they shall live upon the earth that they may teach their children okay that's where they they learn to fear me so yeah yes so there's a couple places in Proverbs where uh, the fear of the Lord uh, let let me just uh, I'll give you this example there's probably only a couple people in this church that can get in this room Seriously, because this is where our, our server's at. Oh. And uh, I don't know anything about that, but uh, I have to get in there sometimes. So uh, I have the key. I can get in. Let's pretend that wisdom's in here. Yeah. And the way to get in there is to have the key. And the Bible says that. The key to wisdom uh, uh the beginning of the fear of the uh, wisdom what did I say the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom so the fearing the lord is is the key to get you wisdom that 's what we 're saying right and so uh i th- I think we could uh, say a lot about uh, fear probably uh and then I put uh, understanding is connected with obedience. Let, let's all look at that one. We, we got five minutes here before we need to head out. Let's look at the Psalm 111. Psalm 111. And verse 10. Uh, Lori, we're back around to you if you can read that one. The Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do His commandments. His praise is. So that is what you said, Belinda. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and then it goes on to say, "A good understanding have all they that do His commandments." So, you know, I, I could stand up here all day and show you. Uh, maybe uh, some skill that I have that you might not, but until you do it until you uh, obey it, then uh, you don 't have a good understanding of it do you it, it, it's it 's once we uh, we obey that oh that's that 's how that works right and um, I think that 's all I wanted to say about that uh, so I gave you. I gave you a teaching point there. Just this source of wisdom. We say it's from the Lord. In Colossians... Uh, I think that's just verse 3. That their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and unto all riches, to the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God, and the Father, and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So... uh There it says that Christ, it's in Him, is hid. So as we get to know Him... And that we'll turn one last place. Turn to Proverbs. We're right here by Psalms, Proverbs, chapter 2. I gave you a little chart on your handout. And we'll go through that. Proverbs 2 and verse 6. And so, even though it says, "...the Lord giveth wisdom..." It says, "Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding." So, it, so how? Do, from that verse, how does how do you get wisdom from God? If it comes from God, how do you get it? Well, you learn a lesson. Well, what does it say there, though? I'm near. Listen. Huh? Listen. Okay. It comes from his I'm mouth, from his mouth. and what does his mouth say? It's word. Yeah, you're listening to God. Yeah. So that that's what your chart there is uh how we get knowledge is reading and memorizing uh we can read God's word and we can have some knowledge from it. And uh the understanding is studying and meditating and uh, I should put obeying in there. That's what we just read. But then, uh, who who among us knows uh, James 1, 5? Let's all go to there. I I told you one last verse, but let's give you one last verse. James 1. There's something I want you to see here from James that I bet you didn't really think about. And I bet if you quoted it, you would say this verse wrong. James 1 and verse 5 and 6. Uh, Pat, we're over to you. (laughs) That's in the new That's all right. I, I hit you off guard. You should have okay. him just say it 1, five. 5 and 6. Okay. It says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men literally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that that wavereth it's like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and toss. Thank you, Pat. And uh so if any of you lack wisdom, that means me, that means you let him or her ask of God. It says he giveth to all men liberally, so he he will give us wisdom. Uh and upbraiding means like uh God is not like me. If Rosie keeps asking me for something at some point I'm like, "Rosie, you asked me this, you you blew it again. I keep telling you, you're not listening. God's not like that, is he? You can keep coming to him. Yes. And he he doesn't abrade you. He's like, "Okay, son, okay, daughter. Here it is again, you know." Again. Yeah. And uh the, the thing I was going to tell you that you probably didn't know, most people quote that, if any man lack wisdom, but it says, if, if any of you, and if you look at who the you is, it's at the end of verse 1, to the 12 tribes that are, which are scattered abroad, he's really talking to the Jews here, and do you know, and, and this this will kind of freak you out, do you know in uh, Revelation 13:18 it says, uh, here is wisdom. It's uh, the number of a man. It's three score, 606. It's 666. So to the Jews... The way they get wisdom, God, we need wisdom to know who this man of sin is. It's So there's there's some end time stuff tied in with that getting wisdom there that I 've just showing. But uh, anyway, we're out of time now. I had you put wisdom in your last blank. And uh, I think we'll hold up there. We actually have two new people. We got Julie and Lori. You need to meet Lori because this is her first time here. Raise your hand, Lori. Right over back there. And so you girls are here for the first time and we're glad you're here. And, uh, hope you want to come back. We're, We're studying through the book of Job. This is, uh, we've been at it for